Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Well, welcome back to the Tomahawk Take Podcast, post-World Series Championship time. I'm Fred Owens, low man on the totem pole, but Jake's still celebrating from the World Series, and we don't know where here, where he's at right now. Alan's here. Uh, good evening, Alan. Hello there. I don't want to have uh, Jake uh, podcasting under the influence either, so I think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, he's under the influence of something. He's podcasting all over the place, so uh, well, we can get along without him, I think, for a while, <laughs> if he doesn't fire me. So, uh, how about that World Series, Alan? What do you think? Oh, that was that, that was a lot of fun. I mean, I couldn't remember uh, too much detail about the 1995 World Series except Tom Glavin's Game 6 winner, and, and that was obviously special. But for some reason, this was just a lot of fun to watch, and especially the fact that Game 6 came out with not a lot of drama in terms of, you know, edge of your seat, biting nails, pulling hair out kind of things going on. None of that happened. Uh, the Braves managed to finally get to the, the Astros pitching well enough, get a few runs on the board, and, and Max Fried shut them down. And that was the the essence of what happened in Game 6 that, that, that really put them over the top, is the, the fact that Max came out looking like a man on a mission, and even if he wasn't, I think getting his ankle stepped on really fired him up somehow. Uh, may, maybe the fact that uh, that happened and he was still able to walk on it, I guess, is is part of the thing too. So, uh, yeah, th- this was a uh, a really great thing to see. The fact that is that uh, this Atlanta Braves team has been an underdog team the entire year. Uh, nobody was giving them credit. And they continued to overachieve uh, from August all the way uh, to the end. And I, it, the, the World Series came down to about what I was hoping to, to see, the fact that uh, it was our pitching silencing their hitting and our hitting uh, continuing to do enough home runs just to get enough runs to, to hold them at bay. So excellent effort on, on all respects. I think it was essentially a team victory. Uh, yeah, they give away one MVP trophy, but uh, I, I really want to think that it was more than just Eddie Rosario or in the NLCS or uh, Jorge Soler in the World Series. I, it was a lot of team effort uh, going into this, as it should be, and they uh, beat a really good team in the Astros. Yeah, they did. And, and you know, the Astros had their issues. We know that they lost McCullers. Um, and they lost their center fielder in the middle of the ALCS. Uh, but still, I mean, they had 
their infield was the best hitting infield in baseball, and they had really good pitching out there. Framber Valdez, he did what he did. He was good one one game and and not so good the second time around. Uh, I felt a little bad for Garcia when Soler hit that ball because he just hung his head and walked off the mound. He knew it was gone when it left when it left his end. But but the Braves just were better team. They were they were just a better team across the board. Exactly. He, you know, Sw- Swanson hit two home runs in the series and didn't do anything else. And he made a couple of errors, and I know he made errors, and that upset a lot of people. But when the chips were down in the fifth and sixth game, Swanson played. And that barehanded pickup he made behind Freed to start the game, to get that first out, was really important. Uh, and he laid down in the middle of the out, uh, field and stopped the ball from going to center, which may have met, allowed the guy to get to second base, uh, Altuve to get to second base. But the Braves out homer them 11-2, to and Altuve hit both of their home runs. Guriel didn't hit anything. Jordan Alvarez, who is an absolute beast, didn't have a clue how to handle our pitching right or left-handed. And and Bregman is just in a perpetual slump. He's he's the Bellinger of the Astros this year. He just can't do anything. He couldn't do anything right. One of the announcers on the radio today I was listening to talked about they, uh, the baseball writers in New York have a, something they call the Babe Ruth Award uh, for the most outstanding player for the whole of the postseason, and that's Tyler Matzik. I definitely agree with that because, I mean, Matzik was the guy that was the workhorse. He's the guy that was counted on to be the rubber arm to, to come in and put fires out, uh, to go an extra inning if he had to, to go through the teeth of a lineup. And, you know, what he did in, in that Dodger series to just shut down a attack that could have really derailed the Braves. Uh, is something that we're going to be thinking about and writing about for, for years to come. I think he really stepped up and, and did his, not just his part, but he did the part of the entire bullpen. Honestly, I, you know, when, when we look at it coming into August and September, we were still all worried about the bullpen and, and whether it would uh, hold up to any kind of, uh, substance in the playoffs. And, they all stepped up, and I don't know where those guys were <laughs> early in the season, but the fact is that they uh, they came in, they showed up, they they changed themselves effectively around, and, and made themselves uh, a, a big factor in the postseason. Uh, Luke Jackson coming out of the NLCS, we were worried about his psyche because he had had a couple of bad outings there late against the Dodgers. He managed to put that behind him and came up and gave an outstanding uh, uh, couple of jobs in the in the World Series. And again, the Astros didn't have a a, a answer for these guys. Uh, you know, you're certainly right about uh, Jordan Alvarez. I remember thinking that uh, of all the guys that are lined up, this is the guy that we really needed to shut down. And it looked like the Braves were coming at him with the same kind of mentality. And they absolutely shut him down. I think he only had like two hits and one of those was a triple, uh, just as a lark, but, uh, still he, he really had no consequence to, to their offense. Uh, and given that he was right in the middle of it, uh, in that lineup and, and couldn't do anything to help them, spoke volumes as to what our pitching did to him and, and really also the rest of their lineup. So. Uh, to take a team that had scored no less than three runs coming into the World Series 
They shut them out twice and limited them to two runs in the other two games that the, the Braves won. That uh, is domination, and that uh, that that won the series. Uh, Matzik uh, was certainly the leader in the bullpen to, to get that accomplished, but uh, our big three in Morton and Freed and Anderson, yeah, Charlie Morton got hurt, but uh, uh, those were the, the horses that we had that uh, were shutting them down. And I, I'll give uh, Morton even a shout-out for doing that inning on a broken leg. Crazy stuff, but very much accomplishment uh, across the entire team. I saw a lot of people hard on Mentor for Game 5, but but Mentor was worn out. Snet rode Mentor until the horse couldn't leave the stable anymore. He was still throwing hard, but he didn't know where it was going. And Snit recognized that. That's why he wasn't in Game 6. I, that's why he went straight to Mentor. Once he got once he got his uh, boot on the neck of of Houston Matic, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, or yeah I'm sorry Matic and then Will Smith I don't know where he's been for the first you know like five months of the season <laughs> but I wish he'd have showed up earlier and stopped giving everybody apoplexy but Smith looked like the guy that pitched for the Giants and was lights out there he came into this. And I didn't see him walking everybody that came to the plate, and, and nobody went into panic mode. I mean, uh, there, you know, nobody – there was never a time I felt Smith wasn't going to do what he was going to do, what he should have done, rather. And I just think that when you have three lefties like that and then you slip Jackson with that ground ball slider in there, uh, that's pretty good. And then yeah. he called on he called on Dylan Lee, and Lee came in and pitched the inning in relief really well. Uh, he asked him to start the game, which was a big ask. He'd never done that in his life. And he did the same. When he got to game five, he didn't have anybody, nobody rested enough to start that game. They said, well, uh, we could go in and we can start with uh, Wright and let him go as long as he can. But if, if Wright doesn't make it past the first first inning, then you got a bunch of one-inning relievers there. And you you couldn't go through the game one inning at a time and get through that. Snicker, I felt that was the right thing to do. I didn't know that Davidson was the guy. I don't know if Davidson was the guy, but it was. I felt he did Game Five correctly. If he'd have got a lead early on instead of them getting on top, I know he got the grand slam, but if Davidson had held on through that, I think we'd have been fine the rest of the game because once Wright got in there, it was the door was closed. But the by the time he got him in the game, uh, and then he brought in Chavez, who, who gave up one. I, by the time he got right into the game. Uh, it was a question of, well, okay, I'm going to hold the horses here and, and let the lineup get back. So I know people gave him the devil about that, but I never thought that was a bad idea. I just thought, that it, you know, he did the same thing the time before and it worked for him. This time it didn't. So I wasn't really upset about that at all. Yeah, it was essentially what we had to do to get through game five. And Really, once the Astros started hitting, it was a matter of, okay, let's circle the wagons. Let's make sure everybody's ready to go in game six and a possible seven and make sure that we are ready and rested. They're the team that's in trouble still, and they've still got to bring up their relievers and we'll, we'll get them tired. We'll continue to, to make them pitch because they need the game. We can circle the wagons. We can uh, get get things settled and set up uh, the way we want them. And that's what happened in game six is that uh, 
everything came out exactly as, as according to plan. Max, if anything, went uh, probably longer than plan. And, heck, we even at the back end still had Luke Jackson, who didn't even get to pitch in game six, and that was held in reserve. So the Braves at least had that many pitchers. And, honestly, that's that's actually a pretty good segue to get towards uh, talking about uh, some of this offseason stuff that's getting ready to come up because uh, what we saw in game five was that the Braves did run out of pitching, and it was because of injuries but it'd be an interesting question to see how in the world they're going to remedy that for the next year and see if we can avoid that uh, scenario for 2022. Yeah, well, you know, look, we're going to have Charlie's going to be back the first of the year. You've got Max. Uh, you're going to have Ian Anderson, and, and those three are pretty good atop any rotation. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not uh, it's not Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox, but those guys are really good. And if if Kyle Wright can be – even the number four pitcher, I I think starting pitching is fine. I I don't unless somebody comes in and wants to make a deal for somebody that at, that requires right. I don't think we have to bother signing a, a pitcher to eat innings because this year we've got three pitchers we know that can eat innings. We have Kyle Muller, who I still believe in Kyle Muller. Mm-hmm. I still believe in Kyle Wright because of what I've seen in the postseason. Uh, he was just unhittable when he was in there, and I think he finally got it together. Sometimes it takes a while to flip that light switch on. Now, I've seen arguments that, oh, well, you need to go out and get a mid-level starter. I don't believe so. You know, I think maybe if you're going to get a starter, it's going to be a guy who can be a swing man, back of the bullpen guy. But, boy, the Muller and, and Wright look like they can do it right now. I haven't seen Muller. I don't know why they took him over Davidson. And Tucker Davidson's there as well. And we saw Tuck, when he came up and pitched, and he wasn't hurt, and it wasn't the World Series sitting on his shoulders. He was fine. So I'm not sure we need starting pitching. I'd like to find somebody to replace Chris Martin, a big arm, big right-handed arm. Uh, maybe that's Spencer Strider. But um, I prefer somebody with a little experience. I don't know who's going to be out there right now, who you could trade yeah. for. But but I think that's the one thing uh, in the pitching ha- pitching staff that um, that I I would really look for because you're going to have Matzik. I suspect they're going to bring Luke back. Uh, we've got another year of Smith. You know, they've got Mentor there under control. All of a sudden, the bullpen looks looks pretty good from the sixth to seventh inning on. And then you just have to fill in the blanks where you had uh, Martin and the other guys. Dylan Lee's going to get a job next year. Uh, he's earned that, I think. And and you've got Strider waiting down there. Maybe he comes up. I think he needs a little more time, a few less walks. And I would get somebody uh, who could come in and throw strikes uh, and, you know, give us an inning or two and never now and then pop up and surprise us. But other than that, pitching side, I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, all right. Let me ask a couple of questions. Let me get, uh, see if we can go at this way. Are you going to call concerned with Kyle Wright in that he seemed to be, he seems to be lights out in the playoffs, but then he arrives in spring and, Seems to be nibbling again, forgetting what he what he did back in the playoffs. Any concerned about that uh, happening again this year? Well, I don't think so. I mean, I think he's a year older and a year smarter, and I don't think he likes playing AAA ball. And, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I think that when they called him up this time, I mean, Swanson said it on television when they interviewed him. This guy was our closer at Vanderbilt. He knows how to pitch in big situations. It's not bigger than him. He's, he just wouldn't, if I, and we talked about this and he just comes up and throws the ball, he'll be fine. 
And he did that this year much longer than he did last year and in bigger situations. Again, they came in one inning relief and came in in four, four plus innings, uh, in the middle of a game there to give us some innings that, that we really, really needed to keep getting stomped on. And I, I just, I believe in Kyle Wright after watching that. I think he's a different guy than he was last year and the year before. I think 2020 didn't do him any favors as far as, um, growth. And I, I think, you know, I give Kyle Wright a, a, another shot unless somebody says, look, I'll give you this player who's really, really good, but I got to have Wright back, in which case, sure. Okay. You know, if you're going to go out and get me Cody Bellinger, they can have Kyle Wright. I, you know, maybe make him back and beat us every time, but I'm still going to have Cody Bellinger in center field for that or whoever. But yeah, Matzik and, Matzik and Mentor and Jackson and Smith at the back of the bullpen, they need a big right handed arm in there. Maybe that's right. I don't know. Maybe you do slot him back into that closer role he had at Vandy and make him that guy, uh, in which case then you do have to go get a starter, I think. I'm not sure that you can push Mueller and, and Davidson up that high. But but for right now, yeah, I trust Kyle Wright. All right. Let me keep going with this Q&A thing. Any concerns about this compressed offseason, the fact that these guys have had to extend in a – you know, we we came into the season thinking, wow, we need to watch the innings of these young guys that didn't pitch much in 2020, and yet to, now they ended up uh, doing a full season and a full postseason, and now they have a compressed off season. Any concerns about that coming in spring next year? I, I'd have to say that that Mentor and Jackson bothered me a little bit like that. They were really tired. Uh, when when Mentor came in and gave up those runs and and and, and he was just t- worn out and Luke was really tired too and that's why he I think he was held back the last game I think that uh, you know the pitching coaches and 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 Snit looked at that and said man these guys you know they'll give us they'll they'll leave it all out there for us but I think that they're gone unless we absolutely have to have them so I'm yeah. I'm a little concerned about that Matzik might see some bounce back issues with that I mean uh, this is more innings than he's thrown in forever and he was throwing 100 in that last game he could have some reaction to that that's always an issue uh, and you won't know that until spring I mean yeah, the, the problem with the, the condensed postseason and all the hey you got to come to my dinner I saw Solaire is going to be somewhere autographing stuff on Saturday oh, you lose all that decompression time with your family and you lose you it ruins your training schedule and all that. But I have to trust the guys like Charlie Morton who've been around and said, Now look guys, you know, this is gonna be bad off season. I want you not to take every offer that comes because you've got to you've got to get back in your schedule. But it's it's a valid point. I just don't have an answer for that right now because we won't know until spring. Yeah, Charlie actually is going to probably have the most normal offseason since he can't do much with a uh, cast on his leg. But he had 186 innings in the regular season, never mind the offseason. Max was 165, almost 166 in the regular season. Anderson had gotten hurt, of course, and so he's down at 128. So he actually had a nice uh, respite there in, in the middle of summer. Drew Smiley, yeah, never mind. And nobody else had over 100 innings. So for the starters, at least, it may be a little bit better than, than what I was thinking there.
let me go now to our free agents to be and or arbitration guys. So let's try and figure out what in the world the Braves might want to do with them. Uh, let me start with uh, one name that you hadn't mentioned in the bullpen. That's Richard Rodriguez. Now, there's been some talk about trying to maybe get a baseball uh, formula for stickiness that uh, came from Japan. I don't know how soon they could get that together. It seems like there's mutual interest in, in doing something like that for the pitchers. And Rodriguez certainly could benefit was for something like that. But uh, at the moment, the Braves still have him under team control for, I think, two more years. And his arbitration number is $3.1 million. Do you bring him back? Ah, uh, boy. I, you know, I'm going to say this. Uh, I had forgotten Richard Rodriguez existed. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting I, price, though. I'll tell you, tell you that much. Boy, I don't think I would. I think I, if I did, I would try to trade him. In other words, if I if I if I offered him arbitration or if I gave him 3.1, I would probably turn around and try to package him to get somebody I really needed because I I don't think he's a guy. He's a perfect example of of taking a a pitcher off a team that's not going anywhere, looks really good, and putting him in a position where uh yeah, my gosh, I got to deliver. If you remember, and yeah. he may be good, he may be good down the line. But uh, you know, everybody talks about Melanson when the, when the Nationals went and got Melanson, he didn't do very good for him. And and you take him out of that environment where, well, let's just go out and play to the end of the season. And all of a sudden, hey, bright lights, big city. Uh, there's a problem with that. Throwing him right into deep end. Some guys can handle it. Some guys can't. Uh, I would, well, boy, three point one, yeah. I don't know who you're going to replace him with for that, um, but yeah, that's why that number is very interesting because it's it's one of those where you kind of want to take a flyer on it, maybe, especially yeah, think, since I he's think, a right-handed guy. Yeah, and they're going to have money in the world from the postseason run and the uh, and the game five and uh, that they had. Uh, so I yeah probably I would probably go ahead and give him his three point one uh, and then try to. Get him, get another pitch. He needs another pitch. You know, uh, who could be back in the bullpen again, because I don't think he's a starter, could be at that right-handed arm in the bullpen if he can just stop walking people. And I just think that, uh, well, I'd like to have something better than those two, but for right now, I probably would bring him back in. I think I know the answer to this next one, because I can remember what you said about him last year. Uh, Grant Dayton, another guy you probably forgot existed. One point well, two million existed, but I do exist. <laughs> but I've non-tendered him last year, and I'll non-tender him again this year. I thought uh, so I, much. <laughs> I, I don't know what he does for us. I mean, what is he going to teach batting practice? What is he, Thompson, uh, Jock Tom, Jock, uh, Josh Tomlin's younger brother? What is this? I don't, I, I don't, don't know what we do with him. What's his purpose in life that we don't have better pitchers in the minor leagues to do? Uh, yeah, trade mm-hmm. him, trade him, non-tender him. Uh, but uh, I, I have I don't see Dayton in my future. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Uh, if I I'm I'm looking now on the list and I'm trying to remember if this happened before I say it. Yes, okay. Edgar Santana is not a uh, consideration because the Braves have actually already released him. Yeah, they DFA'd him during the they DFA'd him during the series. Right, so they could bring up a. Uh, was that Spencer Strider? Um, Strider, yeah, right? Uh, so yeah, he he already had to had to be uh, dropped. Uh, so he's not a consideration right now, unless they just simply want to 
mutually bring him back for for depth or, or some sort of purpose like that. Uh, uh, Luke Jackson, yeah, definitely keeping. Orlando Arcia, what do you think about that? Uh, he's gone. He, okay, he's gone. He, his uh, arbitration yeah. number is two point one million, by the way. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Camargo's gone too. They're neither one of them worth having around. That's what I was going to go to next was Camargo. Yep. Uh, Heredia. I don't know. It depends on what they do with the rest of the rest of the thing. If Heredia would take a minor league or a split contract, uh, I might bring him back. But if you're going to have Solaire and uh, – Well, we'll get to those guys in a minute. Sorry, those guys you're going to bring those guys back. I think Heredia is a great guy to have on the bench, but I, you know, I'm probably not going to give him a whole lot of money. Uh, yeah. 1.2 maybe, 1.5, I don't know. He's 1.6 is, is the estimated arbitration number, so yeah, you're give him in that. that neighborhood. I would give uh, him that. He's worth that to us because he plays defense, and he's great in the, great in the dugout. <clears throat> he's great in the locker room. And uh, we got to teach him that that's a cutlass, not a sword, though. <laughs> I'm not sure that uh, he's uh, – I'm not sure there's room on the roster for him. Is the trick. Yeah, that's a problem. Here. I uh, that, that, that's going to be the interesting part with all these other guys we're talk, about to talk about here. Other than that, I think just about everybody on the list for arbitration, you're, you're definitely tendering a contract to except maybe Adam Duvall. And that, that's an interesting uh, case right there. He is, he has declined his mutual option with the Braves, yet he is still under team control, and the team could choose to try and tender him a contract. If so, the uh, the the arbitration number is probably uh, in the nine to ten million range. He may actually ask for about eleven or so, given that uh, his position with thirty eight homers and the NL leader in the RBI uh, category, but. I don't know that uh, he's worth that much, given that uh, he's a he, he. Since we got into the playoffs, he kind of his back kind of disappeared, and that was a problem for the Braves for a, a while there. He got a couple late hits in the Astros series, but again, he's hitting mistakes, and they gave him some mistakes to hit. So I don't know that he's quite. Uh, it, it, it's like the emptiest 38 homers and 115 RBIs I've ever seen. <laughs> and I don't know that uh, that that's a, something the Braves would do. What do you think on that one? Well, I did. I, I wasn't unhappy they didn't bring him back this year, and I, I think they'll non-tender him again if he doesn't. He turned down 7.2, and if he wants 10 or 11, I think he can want in one hand and spit in the other one and um, and find somebody who wants to shake it and get wet. Look, I, <laughs> Duvall is all or nothing, and he's a mistake hitter. He makes his money off of the third and off the fourth and fifth, third, fourth and fifth starters who get tired, relievers who leave balls over the plate. Uh, he is on base is awful, uh, and yeah, okay, I, I heard he hunts RBIs. Well, yeah, he hunted them all over the post, but didn't didn't catch any of them. Uh, he, he's, he's, his arbitration number is about 9.2 or 9.1 or 9.2. Yes. That's and, it. and I think I just, I just can't give him that kind of money. Now, it, again, it depends on, are we going to keep Jock? Are we going to keep the other guys? What are we going to do? Are they going to walk? Are they going to want too much money? It's all got to do with who wants what and how quick we can, uh, how quick we can get around it. As a bench bat, I think he's fine, but we need to remember that when Duvall rides the bench, he doesn't hit at all. 
All right. And, now that yeah, that so that gets us to the next three guys. Uh, we've got lefties uh, Peterson and Rosario, and righty Soler, who was doing his best imitation Gary Sheffield during the World Series, as far as I was concerned. But each one of them was making somewhere in the range of eight to ten million bucks last year. Uh, do we have room for all of them? We've got to get the outfield covered before Ronnie gets back, which is probably going to be, I'm, I'm right now. I'm just sort of, uh, spitting in the wind saying maybe June time frame is when we might see him back. So you got to cover, uh, his production and his, and his lack of presence until then, at least. And then one of those guys, uh, sits, sits on the bench, becomes a, uh, bench bat and or whoever we choose to get as a true center fielder. So you, you've got a, a bunch of guys there. Do you offer them all say 10 million bucks and say the first two guys to sign gets, gets the roster spots and the other ones out or what? Well, I, I think, you know, uh, first of all, I think they work something out with jock uh, that's less than 10 million. Cause I think jock likes it there. Uh, and he was important uh, to that team because when he came in, they had no swag. Nobody was talking about winning, uh, and 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 he injected life into the team. And so I think I think you got to try to bring Jock back as long as the price isn't high. But he's going to be your fourth outfielder, that guy. Uh, so the, that's sort of where I put him. If they can bring him back for a reasonable price, I wouldn't give him ten minute, ten either. But uh, and then. Solaire might have priced himself out of our range with winning the uh, World Series MVP and slugging all those home runs. I don't know that he's going to do that again. Uh, and a DH, a pure DH, uh, you know, um, Boomstick isn't making a whole lot more than ten million. I mean, he, you know, he's he's about three times the DH that that Solaire is. But at the same point. You know, you're not going to get a whole lot of money as a as a pure DH. So if you can get Solaire back for ten or twelve uh, as as a DH and a backup outfielder, okay. Rosario, boy, I wanted him bad three years ago. Uh, I don't know what he's his price going to be either. Uh, the yeah. the trick is going to be trying to fit them all into the system. And the questions we have are, you know. Is Waters or Pache going to come through and be the true center fielder? And the the vibe I got when Anthopoulos said, well, I wanted to get a true center fielder, indicated that he didn't believe that. Right. And the fact that Pache never got, got a game that they used Heredia out there indicates, in spite of the fact that Pache is a much better defender, and, and Waters probably too, um, the the fact that he didn't neither Pache didn't get to smell the outfield when he was up as a COVID replacement um, makes me think that maybe they don't believe in him as much as they once did. I still think he's going to hit. He's not going to be you know he's not going to be a, a 300 hitter or a 280 hitter. But I think he's probably worth his money in center field eventually. I just don't know that the Braves believe that anymore. Uh, I haven't seen enough of Waters. I didn't see him this year. I know he hit a bunch of homers in AAA. I know he can play the field. Maybe they give Waters a shot next year uh, in that center field position and then try to backfill. But uh, you know where I'd go for center fielder. I won't beat that point to death, but uh, I think that uh, 
I, I think they have to have a true center fielder. I don't think Duvall is it for a whole season because he gets mm-hmm. showed up sometimes out there. I know he made that great catch, but he made some route, took some routes to get the other balls. I, I just made me scratch my head. He knows he's a corner outfielder. Um, so I, I think you're right. I think he's to continue to seek, a, uh, seek a, um, a true center fielder. And if he can't get, then he, he I think he'll try waters and, and Pache out there and see what they do. Um, but, uh, boy, I tell you what, the outfield, he doesn't want to put Ronnie back out there for a couple of reasons. First of all, the excess strain on his leg. And, and second of all, he's far better right fielder than he is a center fielder. Yes. So if you put Ronnie in right and you put Rosario in left and you put a, a true center fielder in center field, that, that's really good outfielder and you can spell them with Solaire or Ball or Jock or whoever you want to, or Heredia, whoever you want to put on that bench. Yeah. Um, and I think that you can do that and you can come down one relief pitcher and add that bench bat we needed all year and never had, uh, as long as his name is Narcia, uh, uh, <laughs> uh hmm. or Camargo. Because I want somebody who can actually hit a baseball and, uh, they, those two guys can't. Yeah, yeah just a, Throw out some numbers for Drew Waters. He tends to be fairly streaky anyway, but in AAA this year, he struck out almost 31% of the time. And that was, yeah, and that was after 36% in his brief stint at AAA in 2019. So it didn't get a lot better there. He, he walked quite a bit, but he only hit 240 this year. And that's just not going to get it done. He tends to, yeah. Be one. He's a switch hitter, but he tends to be one-sided. I've I've seen some pretty. Uh, uh, well, when I when I saw him in Double A, he had some very forgettable bats. Um, I think it was from the right side, and it was not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was not yeah, a good you, day to be. So, I don't I don't know that he's going to be the guy either. So, if the Braves. Uh, want to package some of these guys you've already suggested right possibly um, and uh, your know, Waters and Pache are, are there uh, we have talked about either Contreras or Langeliers at some point uh, also being perhaps trade bait because both those guys are, are destined to be everyday uh, catchers at the major league level you won't need both of them because uh, you can't use both of them effectively so one of them is going to be expendable. Uh, you, you can certainly go either way as it, it goes along. We've got uh, a year to decide that perhaps with uh, Darno coming back next year. But I'd like, you know, personally, I'd like to see uh, whoever it is that's going to be uh, taking over the mantle uh, of that position, uh, getting his shot to at least be the backup this year and, and, and learn some and, and then work it, work their way in. Uh, so that uh, maybe their shared duties instead of being reliant on Darno the entire year. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that um, if I were doing it right now, I, I like the idea of Soler as a uh, DH. I like the idea of Rosario in left field except for his defense. But uh, that's work in progress, I guess. And occasionally he comes up with a cookie that he – finds out there as he did in the World Series. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. They, both those guys have elected free agency now. Uh, Jock Peterson is still up in the air a little bit because he, uh, this is something I had actually forgotten about. He has a mutual option with the Braves now. 
Right. It's uh, for ten million bucks with a two and a half million buyout. That's probably a little steeper than we are thinking. Uh, there is there does remain the possibility that uh, uh, they could decline that and then try and re-sign him at a lower number. Uh, we'll see how that goes. They still have to pay the two and a half million to buy him out, though. So we'll um, have to keep an eye on that. Uh, a lot of these things are going to be decided within the next week or so. And, uh, non-tenders don't have to be decided until December 2nd, which, oddly enough, is the day after the CBA expires. But uh, we'll uh, get to that as we go through some of this. I, I don't think Jock's going to be in a huge demand. I mean – you know, he, he wasn't doing great with the Cubs this year. He came over, he did, he was great for us in the season. He didn't do much in the postseason, uh, the late postseason of the World Series ALCS with, or NLCS for us. <clears throat> but I, so I, you know, I'm not sure who's going to give him 10 million. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I think if you offer Jock a couple of years at seven and a half or eight each, he'd probably take it. Um, but, uh, it's going to be a question of, of how AAC is the future of the outfield coming forward. You don't know when he was making all these phone calls, uh, Jeff Passan talks about he was on the horn from the day that uh, Acuna uh, went down talking to all these guys about who's available and who's not available. You don't know what contacts he's made there when somebody said, well, not now, but maybe later kind of thing. And that he wrote that down for certain. Uh, I, you know, I still think Bellinger's going to be traded. I don't know whether uh, I don't know whether it will be or not, but I think he will be. And if he is, I'd like to see him here if we can figure out a way to get him. Um, he's you know eighteen twenty million this year, but um, he's not going to big raise because he didn't have a good season. So you know, and he's a really good center fielder. So he would fit, or maybe <clears throat> excuse me, you pick up somebody um, like Kiermaier. Uh, like that, who's a true center fielder who's going to hit about 240, and he'll play about 120 games a year and then be broke for 40. Um, but there, there's not many great center fielders going to be available out there. So, you know, I I could see them even starting the year with Duvall out there. I would cringe, but I could see them doing that. Yeah. And I, I just think that uh, it, it's all going to depend on, you know, I think Jock would sign for less because he likes it. I think Rosario might as well because I think he likes the mix there, and uh, he he has some he has some issues with he will he he walked in the in the postseason more than I think he walked in the whole year because uh, uh, you know walking Eddie Rosario is a pretty hard thing to do. It's not as hard as walking Albies, but it is it is pretty hard to do. On the other hand, he and Solaire were, you know, right on that strike zone in the postseason making people throw strikes. So maybe there's a change here. I don't know. In any case, I like the idea of Rosario. I've liked him for years. Um, I just don't know how you're going to shake all this out. And then you got to give Freeman 27, 28 million. Yeah, that's the, uh, the elephant in the room that we hadn't talked about. And the, the big question is when that's going to happen, if it's going to happen. Boy, we hope it's going to happen because if you don't uh, re-sign Freddie Freeman, then a lot of the other things we're talking about maybe kind of moot here because uh, it, it would almost suggest that you're just not really serious about trying to repeat here, frankly. And I, I 
know that uh, repeating as World Series champ is extremely hard, harder than winning it once, it seems. But, uh, yeah, you got to have your heart and soul guy um, in, in the mix, and I just hope that they can get this done in the next few days. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they, they still have that five days of exclusive uh uh, yeah. negotiations after the World Series for your own free agents. So if they do, then uh, we're still in that and we'll be through about Saturday or so. Uh, officially, Freddie is now a free agent, but uh, at the same time, um, it looks like everybody's wanting to get with him and get it, get something done. Let's see if they can get it done next couple of days here. Other than that, though, let me go ahead and summarize what, what we're uh, looking at here. It sounds like Duvall is a sort of take it or leave it kind of a, a guy, perhaps Rosario. We'd love to have back, but not sure we can afford him. Uh, Solaire might be affordable as a DH. Uh, we should go out and get a true center fielder. Uh, if that's Bellinger, great. If that's maybe a Byron Buxton, that might be good too. Um, both those guys are going to be interesting to figure out how to pay. Uh, Buxton is uh, going to be a free agent after 2022. Um, and the reason that he's even available perhaps is because Minnesota doesn't really want to pay him. And, that that comes, of course, because of his injury history. Uh, who else is there? Starling Marte, maybe. You're going to have to give him some big bucks because he's a true free agent and wide open on the market right now. So uh, those are the three center fielders I'm thinking of right now that you uh, could probably have the most uh, or the best time trying to get. Uh, there's some other guys. uh uh, Cedric Mullins, Baltimore, Brian um, Reynolds from uh, Pittsburgh. Both those guys are probably just about as untouchable as you can get for those teams. Uh, other than that, I don't know that we got any other real uh, good center field options. But if we can get one of those three that that uh, are are gettable, then I think the Braves will be really set in their outfield. Yeah, the, the thing about Buxton. Uh, he only makes what? Well, he's only going to make about seven and a half next year. Uh, he's affordable. If you could get Buxton, that's fine. Buxton's a great center fielder when he's on the field. And, yes. uh, he's, he's like Kiermeyer in that way. It's a different thing with Buxton. He, Buxton just keeps running into walls and making diving catches and dislocating something or breaking something. Uh, and maybe he'll, he'll, like Harper, he'll stop running into walls eventually. Uh, the, the thing about Starling Marte is the dude's old, okay? Really? And <laughs> and and he turned down what I thought was a really nice offer from Miami. Uh for a for a guy excuse me, for a guy in his age group, I, I thought that was a mistake. Because I, I just thought, well, was it three fifty five or something like that? And I thought that was a really good offer for a guy who's, you know, well past the thirty year post. So I, I'm not a big Starling Marte edition guy because he's going to want more years than I'm going to give him and more money than I'm willing to give him. Uh, and I, I just don't think, I just don't think he can, can keep it up long term. Uh, yeah, he's just turned 33 and the idea of even getting a, a 33 year old center fielder a three year contract is probably not the best idea really. As we've seen some for some other center fielders we've had in recent years. 
Yeah, we've got a we've got a good way. We I think we could get Buxton. I mean, if that's I I think the twin Twinkies would would trade Buxton uh, just to get rid of the money and to get some get some more get some more stuff. But I don't know if they want to if they want to do that right now. I mean, I don't know that they're going to get more from him in the postseason than they could get at the at the break. Uh, maybe they could. I don't know. But uh, you know, Buxton's fine. But once you pass Buxton and and uh, um, Bellinger and uh, the guy, the kid Mullins and, and Reynolds, they're not going anywhere. Right. The, there's just not not really much out there. I mean, you, you look around and Heredia is probably as good a defender as most of the rest of them that are going to be out there. Uh, and uh, he's going to be relatively inexpensive and he's going to hit about 240. Uh, but he's going to catch the ball and mm-hmm. uh, he's not going to make any spectacular catches. He's going to catch the ball. Maybe that's what they live with, but uh, I, I'm, I'm really pretty certain that AA wants something better because he intends to be in that postseason for the next four or five years uh, steadily, and you don't do that without a strong center fielder. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is that basically we need one center fielder, we need one relief pitcher of some ilk perhaps, and maybe one bench bat beyond that, maybe – Maybe an extra starting pitcher, maybe not, and let's go to spring. So that, that that's really not a tall order overall. I, I would I'll be curious to see if uh, Anthopolis tries to do his uh, quick strike uh, things for the for the people he really wants, uh, like he's been doing the last couple of years. Uh, so if, if so, we're liable to have some news here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and, and that'd be good to see because, uh, uh, I don't think that, uh, this team is that far from having a, uh, uh, a roster that would be able to, to repeat. And I think that, uh, everybody knows that and, uh, we're, we're looking forward to seeing what happens with it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right. Uh, the, the, the the key the key things we have to do we got to sign Freddie we have to sign Freddie because there's no replacement yes. for Freddie uh, if you sign Freddie and you get your center fielder uh, maybe you hire a fifth starter um, and maybe you I forgot Jacob Webb was out there and I think Webb Webb could eventually be something uh, but I still would like to have a Joe Kelly type not Joe Kelly because I don't like him at all but but <laughs> a, a, that but that kind of arm uh, in the bullpen. Uh, and you know there are there are you know there's 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 a couple of three guys laying around there who were broken and maybe may be maybe fixed maybe not, but you know essentially I'm not I wouldn't be too terribly upset if we added like two players and went with what we had to start the season and fixed it at the break. Um, good health. We've got Soroka coming back. Hopefully, uh, we we have other players. We've got Strider coming up. You know, I I just don't think we're that far away. Now, the Mets are going to get better. The Phillies are going to spend a lot of stupid money. Uh, the Marlins are going to be better. Uh, the Nats, not for a couple of years, I don't think. But still, the East is going to be a lot tougher next year than it is this was this year. Uh, and uh, it, we certainly need to be we need to move forward because if you're not moving forward, you're sli- you're sliding back and into the into the behind behind everybody else. If you're not the front horse in the race, you're not looking at the prettiest picture in front of you. So I I I just think I just think that you know I wouldn't be terribly upset if they didn't do anything else, but I think we have to fix fix those little holes and bring back the right people. Right. I 
honestly, I right now the team I think I'd fear the most in the NL East is maybe the Marlins because they're you know two or three bats away from being really able to compete with the pitching staff that they've got. And that'll be a year older, year wiser, and a year more ready to to compete. So, I, I think they might have some things to say there if they can pry a crowbar into their wallet to to pay somebody to to come do that. But uh, uh, we'll we'll see how they proceed. I'm not sure still what the Phillies are are going to be doing. They just let Dan, Andrew McCutcheon walk away, but that's not terribly surprising. They they still got, of course, their their core. Uh, and they still don't have enough pitching. Uh, the Mets still don't have anybody working for them that wants to work in New York City, I guess, which is kind of weird. Uh, so the, uh, it's hard to even say who's making the yeah, decisions in their office now. Uh, and then, yeah, I Washington, I, Washington, of course, uh, I, I think you're right, is going to be another uh, couple years away. They've, they've got to retool a little bit, but at the same time, they've got the resources to do it. So. I think that's going to probably do it for us uh, this week. We're going to uh, hold off on anything else because there's going to be a lot of news coming for the Atlanta Braves, and we're going to be happy to to see it happen if Freddie Freeman gets signed in the next few days. That, that'd that be the, the, the best news of all. But uh encourage everybody to enjoy the parade, continue to enjoy the uh, fruits of this World Series championship, and we will see you next time on Tomahawk Take Podcast. This has been the Celebration Edition of the Tomahawk Tick Podcast, which is a production of TomahawkTick.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, and while Minute Media allows us to sign all the talent we can use, we all know who guessed the outcome of the World Series correctly, right? All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Porch Swing Days, the slower version, which was modified to fit in the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other musical selections used come via rights purchased by TomahawkTake.com and the audio at the front was tweeted out by the Atlanta Braves, Eddie Rosario's NLCS Game 6 Homer. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today and may your next Braves jersey have the gold lettering of the World Series champs. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.